0: Speaking of emotional turmoil, (laughs) the Batman. (laughs) Oh, man. Took a big drink there.
1: So can I just start with one thing right off the bat? Yes. I think the fact that this is about to become the next toxic film bro culture film made me like it 20% less.
0: Oh, no. You really feel that way?
1: Yeah. It's kind of already happening.
0: Really? So I've done my very best to avoid everything about the Batman, and I'm just now getting acclimated to what people's previous takes were and what people's current takes were. But you're seeing kind of the negative turn already.
1: One thing that has always bothered me about Warner Brothers is they're not great at inviting women to press screenings that aren't for women's movies. So going into this, I feel like I saw predominantly male reviews. and and predominantly male opinions and by just doing that alone it kind of sets this weird like you don't belong here tone
0: okay I can see Um, that
1: and then kind of furthermore and I do I did like the movie by the way so like I will just say that but I didn't get to see it until Saturday because my life schedule and on Friday at work I said I have a lot of reservations about it based on previous things and like people who had seen the movie already were just jumping down my throat, telling me that I was wrong. Oh, wow. And it was like immediate. And I did something similar on Twitter and I deleted the tweet almost immediately. I shut off comments on my letterbox immediately. Yeah. And I think some of this is definitely comic culture, but I also think it's like a lot of the people who, who think they're better than the guys who liked Joker But also, like, the Venn diagram of their interests is a circle.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Like,
1: immediately kind of came in with the, like, well, you don't understand. And I'm like, oh, why don't I understand? Yeah. Literally sitting on a chair made of Batman comics. (laughs) Yeah. And for me, that culture that's already kind of percolating is, like, literally the whole movie. I was like, all right. So we all agree to stay away from people dressed as the Riddler at Comic-Con after parties, because they're all going to be in right? (laughs)
0: Jesus. (laughs) Uh, The answer is (laughs) yes.
1: Why are you booing me? I'm right.
0: Basically
1: but also like i think that this batman is like very weirdly sexless in a way that a lot of the previous batmen haven't been
0: yo bruce wayne is a fucking virgin bro
1: (laughs) um it looks like he his audition for the my chemical romance cover band didn't go really well man but that's something I kind of buy, though. Yeah. yeah. Basically, they decided to turn him into the opposite Tony Stark. Oh, yes. Where instead of Tony Stark being famous because he's in public all the time, Bruce Wayne is famous because he's never around. Yeah. But somehow, just by virtue of him being rich, he's been given that, like, Playboy moniker. Yeah. And I think that that's a really funny distinction they play with. I also thought that there were a couple of really good jokes in this movie Like at one point when they're like, he shouldn't be touching shit in the crime scene. And the guy just goes, he's wearing gloves.
0: I was like, (laughs) even speaking to that, I really did appreciate how there was a lot of commentary on his awkwardness, just being this fucking detective ass dude in a bat suit. But then also people still criticizing Bruce Wayne for not doing shit with his money. I found all that really appropriate in one time.
1: Well, I think that commentary has been something that's been kind of thrown around for a while, right? Like, well, why doesn't he just, like, support better school systems or whatever? (laughs) Yeah. So the fact that the movie is asking that question and he doesn't have an answer because he's like, aren't I doing enough? I'm Batman, is, like, good, actually. I think that's a really interesting (laughs) dynamic. I hope it's something we get to see more. Um, I also like the idea of, like, Batman keeping, like, really detailed Warshack style journals. Okay, but can I can I make one note just out the gate though? The fact that this is PG thirteen and not R is kind of appalling to me.
0: Oh, they it should have been R. I wish it was a R rated movie.
1: And I think they made an R rated movie and somehow got it a PG thirteen sticker because the screening that I went to, I went to a Saturday afternoon screening. There were a lot of kids. Oh yeah and i watched kids like hopes and dreams of batman get crushed <laughs> and it was like no it's like upsetting right cuz like when you're a kid when you're a kid and you have a hero right you want to see them do hero things you don't you wouldn't send your 7 year old to see a like a saw movie
0: it, I, I was in the screening with a seven-year-old, so <laughs> I know what you're talking about. This was not for kids. It really wasn't. And it shouldn't have been.
1: No, but that's why I think it should have had the R tag. Because I think that very clearly says, all right, if you bring your kids, then you're just an idiot. Because like, I Whoa. feel like PG-13 can be a little bit fudged, you know? 1989 Batman. That's a PG-13. I think if you brought your kid to it, it might upset them a little, but I don't think they'd be like scarred for life. Yeah. This might be a scar for life movie.
0: (laughs) I will say if they watched even the trailer and they saw a guy's face duct tape, they should have known or had some reservations of bringing their kid to the fucking movie.
1: I mean, they should have, but like the American public is stupid and desensitized to violence. Touche. But I think I've mentioned before that I was very excited for that moment when superhero movies were going to take a turn into other genre films. Yeah. And this movie did that. And I'm like disappointed in a couple of ways that it was like kind of joyless, but also like it did do all the things I asked it to do. So I can't be that
0: mad. So I listened back to our episode when we when you basically live watched the trailer. And one of the biggest things I kept saying was there's no excitement that I'm getting from the trailer and watching it i had no excitement either but the film noir of it the opening that felt like straight out of a frank miller graphic novel like it really hit on a lot of good notes So i was really fucking with even though i wouldn't describe this moving movie as exciting it's a thriller but it's not really exciting you're right there's not a lot of joy um even the end you know every superhero movie has a you know quote-unquote happy ending but you know it it just ended but we're going to get this we're going to get the second movie so
1: oh yeah and i believe it's going to be theoretically based on court of owls which i'm actually very excited to see done in that format i think that would be really good but i guess my biggest problem when when we get down to it is it's another movie where i think a half an hour could comfortably be cut and we wouldn't lose much
0: I've seen a lot of people lately talk about the three hour marker being a really big thing, man. And I know you're definitely big on time economy. I I was so lost and I didn't care.
1: I didn't care a lot, but there were a couple of scenes where I was like, this is going on for a while. Um, (laughs) Like the penguin, the penguin car chase is one. Really? Yeah. So that's like seven minutes long.
0: I was so engrossed. I was so engrossed in the chase. There
1: were just a couple of scenes that felt really long. And I feel like if you cut like two minutes here and there, you probably wouldn't notice. And it would be, I, I won't even say better, but like a little more palatable to, to audiences who were hesitant about the three hour movie. And I think if it was done carefully, it would not feel like hacked up because obviously you don't want to hack up your movie. Because I do think and, it's a good movie.
0: And even you speaking that, so the box office returns were like $123 million or whatever. And I know people that have said, I'll see it when it comes on cable. Like I'm not going to go to a theater to see a three hour Batman yeah. movie, but I'm a fucking mark and I saw it twice.
1: <laughs> yeah. It twice. um, I saw it once. I liked it better than the Nolan Batman movies.
0: Oh, shit. Okay.
1: I think my stance on the Nolan Batman movies is pretty clear at this point, which is I think they're great movies. I don't think they're great Batman movies. And I think this is a much better Batman movie. I still think that Batman 1989 and Batman Returns are the best balance of like comic booky stuff and serious drama. I want a little more of that comic book. And I get that that's not what's trendy right now. And DC is trying to like do all the things that Marvel can't do. Even though every Marvel movie looks like it was filmed on a college campus, <laughs> but like you know, I I get that's what they're doing right now, and I I support that as something different. But also, most of the time watching this movie, I went, "Damn, they really wanted to make a Hush movie,"
0: oh. <laughs> and
1: I probably would have liked that better.
0: So, <laughs>
1: because one of the things that I think is so special about Hush, and I think they were trying to do here and that scene that made me really really angry and frankly almost dock them I I had to actively fight back docking the movie a whole star because of this one scene
0: Um, (laughs) that's the
1: (laughs) the thing that Hush does really well is that it introduces you to the rogues gallery very well and very quickly while still posing a very legitimate threat with a good mystery okay and I thought that was kind of what they were gonna do and then they didn't do that (laughs) and I was like okay and then they introduced objectively the most overused character in the history of the franchise
0: (laughs) so I do want to push back on that so I even messaged you and I said that even with Nolan's movie Batman Begins it felt like and with this one too it felt like they were auditioning to get to that character because I think on a lot of levels for not all but I think a bulk of Batman fans I think a lot of them agree that there's one particular character that is like the best character and so you know they auditioned to make the movie to get to that character and I think that's what the ending did and and he's going to get it too
1: I don't agree I am at the point now where I think that Batman has such a beautiful and robust history and I think that and so many unique and awesome characters that like Joker has got 37 shots to like exist (laughs) and and most of them are good i'll like give credit where it's due i think that the the gamut of jokers is beautiful and varied, with the exception of one of them i really really like most of the jokers however comma imagine that scene and you could almost do it word for word the same but with harley quinn doing her therapist shtick
0: you can do it i think that I mean, Harley Quinn, she, she had her own solo and we fuck with it, but a lot of other people don't, which is odd.
1: Yeah. Okay, cool. But like a lot of people thought the Riddler was going to look like a beta cuck. And I mean, he does, but whatever. That's kind of the point. But like, if you have the money and the drive and the vision, which clearly this man did, why are you going to tell a story that is going to be compared to every other version of that story? two of which have won oscars <laughs> uh,
0: when but... when
1: there is such a huge wide varied beautiful sandbox out there
0: that's a fair question to ask it feels then... lazy
1: <laughs> in so a movie that... in a movie that goes out of its way to feel not lazy in a movie that goes out of its way to hide clues everywhere i spent a solid like 30 seconds just reading the newspaper clippings behind Batman because we saw (laughs) it on like a nice big screen and like there's all stuff in there there's all things that are hidden and words are circled and they are passwords and like whatever right in a movie where everything seems so deliberate and so the opposite of lazy to then go oh I know what the boys are gonna love like it seems so so lazy (laughs) it is the the only it's the only thing to me that feels like studio interference
0: i think you're more than right to ask the question and i think your observation is correct on a lot of levels i agree i do think that part of that is the studio saying we we're going to give you more of this so we might as well tease it now while you're here i do think on a lot of levels that i mean because you can say okay well why make why do the tease well then it's like if we take it a step further, why do another Batman movie? You know, but I, I get what there you're saying, though. There are a though. lot reasons
1: it. to make other Batman movies. I just don't understand why we need to see this story again, because it's the one that we keep returning to, but it's also the one that I feel we haven't like changed much since it started. The only thing that we've added is the killing of Jason Todd, which is something that has not been established in this universe yet, because there's not one Robin yet, never even mind two Robins. So like, if they were like, okay, you know what we're doing? We're doing a like legitimate version of this finally. And it's going to be cinema actually. Then I would be like, all right, you know what movie? I tip my hat to you, but that's not what they're going to do because they are established. This is like baby Batman, He's still got his little training wheels on. So he doesn't have the things to lose that older Batman has, which Joker becomes an interesting foil for. Yeah. Basically, it's going to be a retread of either the Nolan Batman, the uh, 89 Batman maybe killing joke. But they would have to then introduce Barbara and make us care about her enough that when she dies, we're sad. Which I'm not sure that they are going to do.
0: I know it's upsetting to you. I know. But
1: but it also, like, it paints the movie, the rest of the movie that way. Where my immediate time was like, all right, so what is The Batman 2? And, like, why is it going to be different than anything else they've done with this combination of characters before?
0: Actually, I'm glad you really brought that up. And especially when you brought up the idea of... Friday, you're getting inundated with shit as far as what the movie is and what it isn't. Instead of people letting you experience it, I think I'm full steam ahead of not knowing anything about any movie before I go into it. Like they can drop the Batman 2 trailer tomorrow. I'm not going to look at it. And like, I'm going to try to avoid it as much as possible because I think it's a much more pleasurable experience to just experience it and not have to worry about what they are and what they're not going to do.
1: I don't think they're going to give him as much creative control this time around because Warner brothers doesn't do that. They don't play that way.
0: It's possible. Um,
1: That's why also at the risk of being that person, like I know this probably sounds like I hate the Joker. I don't, I really, really love the Joker. He's one of my favorite characters. I would love to see a very serious, like political thriller of the white knight canon. I think that would be beautiful. And honestly, I think Robert Pattinson could be a really good Bruce Wayne to pull that off. Just like an increasingly paranoid, unstable Batman who in his own attempts to get Joker to shut up is continuing to prove Joker right. I don't think we're going to get that. And I think that Wonder Woman is a really good example of of Warner Brothers being like, damn, that was so good. You guys did a great job with that. Um, anyway, here are like 38 other people now that are going to help you steer the ship because even though you did a great job on your own, like you, you, you didn't do that on your own. So now we'll just, we'll just do it. I'm immediately on the defensive and the movie isn't even fucking over yet.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So would you say though, from even just this movie. Would you say that whenever it gets announced and released in 2024, Mm -hmm. has Matt Reeves earned you enough leeway at least to be, okay, just on the strength of the release date, I'll check it out?
1: I would definitely kind of do what I did this weekend and probably go opening weekend. But I'll be honest. Like even after hearing you talk about it, I was going into Saturday like, all right, here we fucking go. Like I was not.
0: <laughs> so yeah. So in, <laughs> the funny thing is, in my letterbox review, <laughs> I'm sorry, Kat. I'm sorry, Kat. <laughs> but damn, these people got you stressed. We need to beat some motherfuckers up anyway. So, <laughs> so in my letterbox review. I wrote about the Batman, the smartest and most meticulous Batman film to date, cerebral and methodical, but not to the point of being sanitized. The style cinematography and score of the Batman are rich, dark, and deductible. And Zoe Kravitz. Oh my goodness. So even from that, you were like, I'm in for a shit show.
1: I wasn't even sure I was in for a shit show, but I was like, there's a very real chance this just isn't gonna land with me. Because this seems like honestly, in a lot of ways. Sad Boy Movie Time.
0: I mean, well, it was Sad Boy Movie Time.
1: I still gave it four stars. Like I said, I really quite liked it. Greg gave it four and a half. But I, I knew he was going to like it. Like, as soon as the first, like, credits opened, I was like, oh, well, Greg's in for this.
0: Oh, fucking hilarious. But it-
1: I, I also, I'm at the point now where, like, you know how they did a bunch of Spider-Man movies in a row where they just introduced Spider-Man?
0: Yeah, Civil War, then Homecoming, all that shit, well, yeah. Uh,
1: not even at Marvel. It was like, all right, we got Spider-Man.
0: Oh, yeah, so the, the Amazing Spider-Man. Spider-Man.
1: And then yeah. five years later, we got, or seven years later, we got The Amazing Spider-Man. And then we got Civil War. And then we got the new adventures of Amazing Spider-Man or whatever the fuck they're called now. And I was like, all right, we get it. (laughs) Yeah. Spider-Man. Spider-Man gonna Spider-Man. That's kind of how I'm starting to feel about Batman, which is a bummer to me because he is a character that I really like and a character that I really care about. And so the fact that I was like, all right, here we go. Another Batman introduction (laughs) movie, I guess.
0: You're like the Grand Theft Auto meme with CJ. All right, here we go again. (laughs) And like. I was that way too. I was that way too.
1: It was done well and I appreciated it, but that's still what it is. And you can't change what it is. You
0: can't change Um. what it is.
1: And to me, like pretending that you can, even if it's good, even if it's the best version of what it is, it is still a thing we have now seen like generously three times before, but definitely more times than that.
0: Since I've been born, we've had, what, five different Batmans at, at a minimum. So
1: Oh, also like one thing that I noticed about this, and, and I don't know if this is If this is real, but it seems pretty real because I definitely noticed some weirdness. I'm pretty sure they had Zoe Kravitz corseted for the duration of the film, including when she was in a crop top because her skin doesn't look right. So she's very skinny naturally, but she has like a very specific like divot that is not found without cinching. It's just not. And like, if you look at the pictures of her on the red carpet, that's not how she's like shaped in real life. And at one point when she's first introduced and she's wearing that crop top and you can see her skin on her waist in one scene, it is like rendered very slightly differently than the rest of her skin color. Like the light doesn't hit it. Right. And I was like, I just put her in a long shirt.
0: <laughs> I mean, if they did, we, we wouldn't see the, the small window sliver of cheeks that we got. <laughs> but, um... Cause who
1: doesn't <laughs> love a sliver of cheek? I mean, yeah, I would I just...
0: take a sliver of the Julie Claret any day. <laughs>
1: Jeez. You, you are over here like that meme of the guy from uh the fox from robin hood that's like holding up a cup and is like please may i have a crumb of the booty
0: one nipple ma'am <laughs>
1: <laughs> will accept side boob desperate times and whatnot
0: A neckline please miss Hey, what's up, everybody? WWE Hall of Famer The Godfather here. Special shout out to B-Hyphen and Handsome Bane for the WrestleCast Power Hour, and it's available everywhere—podcasts or streams. So, everybody, check them out. You know, The Godfather will. And it's time once again for everybody at the Hyphen Podcast Group to come aboard the. Home.
1: A later, sweaty marks. I thought she was great by the way like in no ways is that all a dig on her or whatever but like sometimes the way they stylize women in comic books really piss me off and they do it to Harley Quinn a lot too
0: no more than more than acceptable well and, your opinion is acceptable not the shit show
1: even just looking at her on the red carpet where she looks beautiful by the way
0: She's eating every photo up with Robert Pattinson. Like, it's her. She's a star. Like, yes. It's-
1: but also, like, her body does not do the thing her body does in the movie. Yeah. At the risk of sounding like a total misandrist or whatever, I feel like, uh, <sighs> Due to uh, like lollipop women in comics, and also just the settings being set by like porn and other things that like you know the crazy proportions that like Rob Liefeld draws are what should be expected of women, and then are socially conditioned not to notice stuff like that and how it might like damage young people.
0: Yeah, I feel that.
1: But it was definitely like one thing I know I've complained in the past about like Marvel and and their women. But like all of their women are skinny minis, but like they're also all shaped like people, like skinny people, yeah. but people. And and yeah. here I was just like, damn, like what corset person did they take her to? Like the whole movie, mostly because I was impressed because it's a beautiful silhouette. <laughs> but like I was like, damn, like she's really doing like Lee Merriweather is like a great example of that. Or like in every scene in Catwoman, she, when she's Catwoman, she's like she looks almost like an X right where like the oh, yeah? crux of her waist is so little that you're like is did they take out your ribs is there a spine in there <laughs> like what is not also can I can I just like throw out a really dumb thing that I noticed but appreciated so much
0: go for it
1: everybody on a motorcycle had a goddamn helmet
0: okay <laughs> <laughs> very practical very real you can't
1: you can't fight superheroes if you're dead
0: be true
1: you might be like faster than in a car on a motorcycle but you know what might kill you on a motorcycle someone throwing open their door right quick
0: so like <laughs> we say gravity and speed
1: <laughs> yeah uh you know a guy throwing open his door without looking in his rearview mirror so it was kind of nice to see like an actual practical aspect to that. I know that sounds really dumb, but like it added in in my sense to like the groundedness of this, of like both Robert Pattinson and Catwoman having to prepare. All right, I got to bring my bike. Where's my helmet? All right, I got to bring the car. Like, do I bring a driver? No, I'm trying to look relatable. Like there are little preparation beats that i think make them much more interesting. Yeah. And even though this was kind of a Batman origin story again with a very ham-fisted metaphor that small yeah. kid in the ninja costume.
0: Yeah. He's I, I thought, mean he's Batman for Beyond, a minute, basically.
1: I thought for a minute they were gonna have him be dressed as Zorro, and I was like, "Fuck off, movie!" Like that would have been um, that
0: actually would have been pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. That I would have.
1: No, that's bullshit. It was ham-fisted as is. <laughs> yes,
0: that's why it would have been great to lean into.
1: It. <laughs> you just want to get beaten with a ham. Don't lie to me. Hey. But. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. Like we're we're doing the ham fist metaphor and, and whatever. And like, but like I do like the idea that he's like, all right, I gotta grab my helmet, like shit, I gotta like grab my eyeshadow in case something happens. Like
0: he has the big ass travel pack with him on the motorcycle. I appreciated that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And I was like, Oh, okay, like cool, like his superpower is money, but like his superpower is not like he can control time and space. <laughs> which it sometimes seems like when he, he has all this shit on his motorcycle. The elements that grounded it, I thought were really good. I also, I really liked Riddler. I really liked that yeah. weird delusional moment at the end where he was like, no, but like we did it together. And then yeah, he's like, oh my God, you are an
0: idiot. And so everyone is telling Batman how dumb he is. It's great. <laughs> it's great. And I love Batman, but yes, people are telling you, bro. You're not as smart as you think you are. I fucking enjoyed that.
1: The idea that this being like his second year and like commissioner Gordon is still like, nah, nah, he's not even commissioner Gordon yet. Not yet. Um, yeah. He's like no, he's he's okay. Like it's it's okay. He's he's not going to like lick anything at the crime scene, all right? He's fine. <laughs> yeah. And and trying to continuously like help give him like a leg up because he's like I get what you're doing. I see the vision. Like you're so valid, baby. I love that <laughs> energy. I'm very impressed with a lot of it. Like I said, I did really like it.
0: Yeah. Obviously, a favorite of ours last year was Dune and the cinematographer for dune he was a cinematographer for the batman and so i did love how the base color of everything was black and everything else was secondary so you had like the strong gold red and the blue it's like throughout the movie you didn't even see blue sky it's like it's it's like i think my favorite part of the movie was just the environment of gotham like it really felt like they created Frankie Miller's version of what Gotham should look like. And I think for the Nolan movies, I mean, you're in broad daylight in a lot of those scenes, and it's so funny. In the last known movie, on the steps of the courthouse, when they're fighting like the big battle, whatever, yeah, and it's like snowing. Supposedly, they shot that in the middle of June in Pittsburgh. So, like for me, like I was like talking to a girl who lived like three blocks away from where they were filming. So it's kind of like the suspense, the amalgamation of what all those Batman cities were. It feels like that, but this Batman, like the Batman, it really feels like Gotham is own character and it's, it's pretty great to me. Eh?
1: Yeah, no, I, I thought that the design of Gotham was honestly a very strong point as well. I think it did a lot of things well. I think it did a lot of things creatively. I'm really excited to see what the next thing is in some ways. At the yeah. same time, a really good thing once in a while does not like lessen my dread yet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And that's okay and I um, I want to tell you if no one else does that's okay
1: I don't think that I'm particularly like anal retentive about comic canon or anything like I've, I've been pretty outspoken about like telling you know nerd nerd gatekeepers to go fuck themselves and so I definitely think that this has matched the tone of some Batman really well and I think it's built on some ideas that have been put down really well and I'm excited to see kind of how that grows because I know it's Largely based on Batman year two, but there's a lot of like other stuff kind of thrown in there. Yeah. But I do worry based on previous evidence that the second installment is not going to have nearly as much care as the first. Even if the passion is there, even if the desire to do right is there. And that is a thing that that worries me a little bit. And because like a lot of the last third of the movie is setting up for whatever the second installment is it's really hard for me to leave this movie being like yeah because I'm like "Uh -uh." (laughs) you had me in the first half not gonna lie that's kind of how I feel about this
0: I think I, I did enjoy the movie more than you did but even still in that I know they're gonna do they're gonna do Batman again in the flash and I think there's talks of this spinning off to Matt Reeves doing like television properties for Warner Brothers so it's the same thing like I'm I'm in the same boat as you are even though I like the movie probably more than you did I'm not necessarily excited about the Batman 2 I will go yeah. see it
1: it came so close to getting me on the journey and I think it makes me so angry that it kind of bucked me off at the end
0: so if that one character's appearance was not there
1: well it's it's not even that it's specifically the even if they had set up a sequel and continue to kind of drop those dominoes in another way. It's the very fairly obvious sequel setup that started probably like two and a half hours in. Right. But after like two and a half hours of a really good movie for it to suddenly feel like I'm being pushed down a slide without my consent, that's <laughs> going to land in the ball pit of whatever the next movie is. And also kind of leaves this movie feeling a little unresolved in some ways because like, Catwoman rides off and I'm like, okay, so how is he going to get her back in the next one? Oh, yeah. Like, and and it's just because they set up the sequel so hard, a lot of those emotional beats were then undercut. So it's not even about that. Like, the idea that like she's riding off and like he's like upset about it but he understands, you know, and like she she knows that Gotham is never really going to be for her, but also like maybe she's never going to stop loving it and that's going to be the thing that's going to keep like finding them together right yeah beautiful idea except they've already beat you over the head with the fact that there's going to be a sequel so your immediate thought is like all right so step like 1a of the sequel is going to be him finding her and figuring out how to get her to come back it undercuts like a a moment that otherwise i would have been like and
0: so and but that's that is the conundrum of telling any batman story especially when we're living in an era of ip And sequels and spinoffs and television shows, that is the conundrum of even though we have to end the Batman, we eventually have to begin the sequel. So I fully get what you're saying. So I I don't disagree with how you feel either. So I, I totally get where you're coming from from that.
1: I also feel like fairly strongly that that scene at the end with the Joker and the Riddler could have been thrown in the credits or made it the last scene of the movie. And by changing that order a little bit, at least I wouldn't have spent the subsequent however long just being like, and here's more sequel prep and more sequel prep and more (laughs) sequel prep. Like it wouldn't have undercut the emotional stuff that was happening, especially with Batman and Catwoman, because I thought that was really interesting. But then I'm also like, all right, so the Joker's going to go out and she's going to go after her, maybe? And she's going to have to be rescued because she's now the only person established that he cares about that isn't actively at a hospital.
0: Hilarious. I do think, like I said, don't worry about part two. Don't worry about it, please. It's I mean, try I'm, trying, your best. I'm
1: trying not to, but the movie clearly wanted me to think about it a little.
0: It did, but don't worry about that, girl. Matt Reeves got you, girl. It's okay. It's okay.
1: So did Patty Jenkins, we thought.
0: Oh, well, Touche. Touche. Let's talk about Robert Pattinson as Batman for a little bit.
1: His Batman is good. His Bruce Wayne is just also his Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and the funny thing is I'm laughing, but I I appreciate the bleed through of that, though. I appreciate the fact that at least in this version, I think in the next one, and like you said, the setting up of the next one, mm-hmm. I think they are going to try to do the billionaire playboy thing maybe but i appreciate in this one they didn't and he was just basically the Batman was basically him trying to do right but bruce wayne is just completely defeated and completely depressed and super emo and he's just wallowing in it and alfred's trying to do his best to pull him out but he fucking can't until he gets you know blown the fuck away
1: I didn't dislike it, but I also, like, I think the bleed through is fine. But, like, I'm trying to think of a metaphor that isn't the gross one that just popped into my head and it's not going great. At a certain point, it feels like you are trying to mop up a flood with single-ply to- toilet paper. Like, like, it's not really <laughs> as helpful as you think. it. Like, specifically when the car, like, comes through and he rescues the kid, and he, like, immediately snaps into action. I was like, oh, so everyone knows he's Batman now, huh? <laughs> the reason that that Batman and Bruce Wayne kind of works is because people are like, oh, yeah, like, it is weird that they're never in the same place at the same time. But, like, you've seen Bruce Wayne? <laughs> you know, and, and in this one, he's like, oh, like, I got to turn into G.I. Joe real quick. And everyone's like, <laughs> bruce wayne would never wear eyeliner and fight people and i'm like he's so sad he
0: wouldn't throw a punch
1: have y'all never seen an emo before (laughs) (laughs) and you know like the the moody nirvana and whatever i don't i don't know i think he did a really good job and like some of his beats with like the mysteries and like this is a carpet tucker like his delivery of like yeah. It, it seems to me like sometimes he's like I can't I I can't explain what I'm doing to you because we don't have time and like I genuinely <laughs> believe that like frazzledness I think he works really well as like this is my second year of the job and fuck this job's a lot harder than I thought like
0: <laughs> yes I would agree to that as well
1: and so I think that's also why like when he has Catwoman even though often they're kind of working sort of against each other. But also he's like, all right, at least I'm not like doing this shit alone. Cause like, God, I got a lot of questions and there's no like HR supervisor for this. Like,
0: (laughs) Hilarious.
1: It really meshes for me of like, I gotta be stoic but also like, oh my God, it's a carpet, Tucker. Get the carpet up right now. (laughs) But also (laughs) I got to keep it all inside because I'm cool and I'm calm and collected and I need the men to respect me. But also, ah, and I think he does a really good job of like acting that also in a suit that covers 80% of his body and face.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then he has a beard, a shitty beard too. So you barely even see his face too.
1: Yeah, I think he did a great job. I also have to say, I think this might be my favorite Commissioner Gordon
0: jeffrey wright did a really good job as gordon i appreciate it as gordon the other ones they didn't really have to do shit so well was he better than the last gordon
1: uh jk simmons or gary oldman
0: oh gary oldman i I do like
1: jk simmons as weirdly jacked commissioner
0: gordon hilarious
1: well, so the thing for me that honestly kind of caught me off guard is Jeffrey Wright is in The French Dispatch, which I don't know if you've seen yet, but you should. It's on HBO Max. It's good. And his performance in that is so different. Yeah. And it just like the whiplash of that, I think, really caught me off guard in a lot of ways.
0: Oh, he's a great actor. Shout out to DC. Uh, well, the city, you know, not the company for now. Um, But I think Oldman... I mean, he had more movies, so he had more to do. But I feel like Oldman's Gordon was really just kind of dragged along. I feel like he didn't really contribute to shit.
1: Well, they change the dynamic in this movie a little bit to like, Gordon is accepting Batman's help because he knows that Batman will be able to get information that he can't get. Whereas in the Nolan movies, I think Gordon is like, frustrated actively that police work is failing and he is kind of taking that frustration out on Batman even though he knows that Batman is helping yeah so it's it's much more about like that internal life than it is like trying to further the helping if that makes sense
0: no nah, no nah, I get it Speaking of trying not to be bummed out by spoilers and shit, I wish I hadn't known John Taturo was in the movie. I wish I would have been surprised when he popped up on the screen. I think he's one of the greatest character actors of our generation. And him popping up as Falcone, it gave me a lot of joy. And oh, his, I didn't like, know
1: he was in it. I thought his Falcone was excellent.
0: Yeah, I kind of found out because he did like an interview through like G4. And I was like, damn, I wish I had not seen that. Um, but I think everyone did their thing, man. I think the really only scene that I didn't necessarily kind of care for, it was... I'm not going to get into specifics uh, for the listeners, but but basically from the hospital to the club, and yeah. it was basically, it's all expository. And it's like, we have to concede every detective movie has that scene, but mm-hmm. the best detective movies... Like, you can kind of skirt that, but they just, like, just vomit all all, the whole fucking secrets. And it's like, yeah, well, I guess I got that now, but okay.
1: Yeah, I also, I liked Colin Farrell a lot.
0: Yeah, even though it's was fatphobic. Yeah, he was okay in it. He was okay Um,
1: You had to do a lot of work to make me not attracted to him. Uh, And (laughs) they did it.
0: Yo, the funniest tweet I saw about batman was someone tweeted this guy he has to go outside looking fucked up and then i realized it's colin farrell <laughs> what yeah damn. like jesus christ the under the bridge scene that shit was funny boy that shit was fucking funny he was great in that part
1: i have to say i did really like andy circus as alfred but i do think he is in my lower tier of alfred's uh by like oh, a yeah. lot
0: yeah he, yeah
1: because i i have a secret theory that alfreds are actually meant to be the best part of every batman movie oh yeah and he just i mean there were a couple scenes where he got up to the line like when he was like oh i just started like working on the cipher because like i used to be in the navy and i was like yes yeah, get it but like that uh yeah um yeah i'm assuming and- we're just not going to talk about the lord of the rings this week by the way given that it's
0: like uh, no, we're, we're going to get there eventually. While they did talk about it later that night, you'll hear Kat and Mark break down the extended version of The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, next week. Now, back to the show. I was going to say, I mean, Michael Gould and Batman and Robin, the most pivotal scene in that movie is when he basically breaks down Batman's fucking, his like his basically issues. And just like a beautiful scene, in fucking six minutes, and like it was great. And Michael Kane yeah. and the Nolan shit was great too. It's so. great.
1: Michael Kane is easily my favorite part of the Christopher Nolan movies, like by <laughs> by quite a lot. Even Jeremy Irons, by the way, he is my favorite character in the terrible Justice League movie. Um, Hilarious. Hilarious. Like there, there is a scene where he says Bruce says something like blah, 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 and then. Jeremy Irons goes, well, have you asked Diana yet? He goes, well, I don't know how to talk to her. And and Jeremy Irons goes, might I suggest a note? Dear Diana, will you go out with me? Yes or no? (laughs) And I totally bought that as like, that was now like their relationship. And like, honestly, I think I'm not even mad at Circus because I feel like he did some really good acting and like you needed a father and I just couldn't give that to you. Like, I was like, damn, that's like, he's doing a lot of acting. And it's good. But I was just also like, this feels like it's slowing the movie down.
0: There's a level of charm that Alfred has that he just wasn't given the leeway to do.
1: But also suffice it to say, like, I understand in this movie why they hired somebody else to answer the door, because like he did not have the charm to be the first person you saw in that gothic
0: hellscape of an apartment yeah that that fucking tower was gnarly
1: I I say that as someone who like if I lived in a house styled like that I would make it work for me but like (laughs) as soon as I saw that I was like did they let Bruce Wayne as a depressed child decorate it looks like I can't I don't mean to keep bringing it back to my chemical romance but like Why did everything in this video or in this movie look like the Helena music video? I, mean,
0: I love his baggy black shirt. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you sad, sad man. <laughs> <The show's> so...
1: <laughs> also, why is everyone explosion proof?
0: Well, so the one, one dude.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, but everyone that matters is explosion-proof. I mean,
0: you said it. They matter. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it was like the fact that Batman's face was six inches away from that saw collar when it went off. And he oh, had, like, nothing.
0: He got a, a slight concussion. The NFL called yeah, like, a mild concussion.
1: He, got, he didn't have, like, any facial lacerations. He didn't have a black eye. He, he was just like, oh, my pupils are dilating. Great, I can I can wrestle again? Oh, fantastic.
0: I mean, hey, it was the beard. The beard is fireproof.
1: <laughs> but then, like, Alfred, it was the same thing, where I was like, so Riddler just is bad at explosives, is what I'm learning.
0: I love that he frisbeed it. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> <Whoosh>. <laughs> I mean, he had the big-ass table. I, like, kind of blocked it a little bit, so... You know, but yeah, he got to get better than explosives. So don't worry. Joker will teach him all that shit. Don't worry.
1: The scene of him in the hallway that was lit entirely by muzzle flashes was very good. I liked it. Aesthetically, I think this movie is is a treat. I am happy it exists. I am concerned about the toxic culture that's going to spring up around it. And I will not say that I am concerned that this movie is dangerous because I don't think it necessarily is in the same way that Joker is or was yeah. or possibly was but at the same time i'm a little bit concerned about the state of comic book movies especially dc comic book movies going forward still especially because flashpoint which is what they're covering next is one of my favorite like dc things ever yeah And i'm pretty sure they're gonna fuck it up
0: <laughs> and that's the thing that we definitely agree about warner brothers uh, well, DC in this case. Um, and
1: it, it makes me so sad because they do deserve better. I still wake up in the morning sometimes and I'm sad that the rights to the DC like theme park attractions belong to Six Flags because I know that we will <laughs> never get like a really good Batman ride because like Six Flags just doesn't care. Jeez. <laughs> well, that's kind of how I'm starting to feel about Warner Brothers as well. And like just because they sometimes make a good thing in one park or whatever doesn't mean it's going to like turn it around for everybody, you know.
0: Understandable, 100% understandable. So everything's wait and see with these comic book shits, man. And I don't know if I'm even going to watch Doctor Strange. I'm like 60% sure I may watch it after it I'm comes out, but
1: frankly more interested in Doctor Strange at this point than I am in like anything at DC because this is going to sound really bad but like Marvel is now like got boats and like uncharted water of my comic book knowledge and care so if they like mess it up that doesn't like hurt me you know yeah but like if they mess up Flashpoint that's gonna bum me out in like a big way because it is something I care about and like at this point I'm like okay I care about Wanda and I feel like Wanda like this is gonna be about her like getting her shit together and like maybe she will get a happy ending out of it which will be nice but also like Dr. Strange is an asshole and he deserves to suffer for all the things he's done. So I'm excited to see that too. So I'm entirely going back for the characters, but because DC has done such a terrible job establishing consistent characters between movies, all you can really do is go back for the plots and I'm not confident in their ability to do the plots well.
0: I think that's the biggest compliment, but the biggest flaw to Marvel is that they have the machine down. Like they have it absolutely down, but everything is so gonna be cookie cutter. The risks that they wanna take, if I don't think there's any risks that they actually wanna take, but you can trust them to at least deliver a B minus C plus movie, just kind of all their game plan alone. But for DC, man, the variation is so wide that you can't trust them from movie to movie.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And it, it makes it really hard to, like, get excited at this point. Someone told me, oh, this isn't going to hurt you. And then it hurt, <laughs> you know? And then at a certain point, you're like, oh, okay, well, that one actually felt nice. But the last six, like, ow.
0: <laughs> um, yes, yes, absolutely.
1: So I'm, I'm hesitant. But also, like, by the by that same side of the token, I want to be hopeful. I'm just not convinced it's in my nature at this
0: point. At least about this. Nah, I totally get you. I totally get you. Follow Kat at Kat underscore Chinetti on Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Letterboxd. Follow Marcus at Show and Love. on Twitter and Letterboxd. Follow the show on Twitter at Kat and Mark. Be sure to read us at catsiesmovies.tumblr.com and themarcrob.wordpress.com. This podcast is executive produced by Kellen Conley and Eric Greenlee. Thanks for listening. We should do this again sometime. This is a hyphen podcast production.